Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Worf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Telling frequencies open, you've tapped in to Trek FM's Hyper Channel. I'm Chris, publisher of Trek FM, and this is where we talk about what's happening in the world of Star Trek news. In this episode for March 11th, 2016, we go international. As most of you know, if you've listened to my shows for very long, I fall into the category of what most of you would call international. I live in Japan, and so when I heard about the new Star Trek series being on CBS All Access, I got nervous. Truth be told, I would have been even more nervous if it had been on CBS itself. There are few soapboxes you can get me up on that are bigger than geoblocking. This is when broadcasters, services, and publishers block people in certain countries from accessing or buying content. And it's something that I think Americans don't realize happens. And if they do know it happens, they don't realize how widespread it is and how much it impacts people outside of American borders. And CBS has been one of the most difficult to deal with in this area. For me, it mainly rears its head with regard to sports. Again, if you've listened to my shows for very long, you probably know that I'm a huge college football fan. I'm an alumnus of the University of Alabama. And CBS Sports makes sure that there's no way they're going to let you watch a college football game if you don't live in the U.S. Why? I don't know. ESPN sells an international package and makes good money off of it. But CBS? No way. They're not going to do it. It's been an adventure over the years with how CBS blocks content internationally. And they're really missing out on a lot of money. Like on the sports front, they're missing out on a lot of money because with the ESPN package, I can watch every college football game that's played almost except for the ones that are on CBS. And because my team is Alabama, and because they've been at the top of college football for the last decade now almost, CBS gets first pick of an SEC game every week, and they most often pick Alabama, and so I can't see the games. And it drives me insane. So when I heard that the new series would be a CBS show, not syndicated, I got nervous. Although the original press release said that there would be international distribution, there were no details, and so I had very low expectations. I still do. Even though we're going to talk today about comments made by CBS President Les Moonves about international distribution covering 60% of the production costs of the new series, and a story about that that was published on TrekCore, a site that I love, but I don't love the story that they published. The headline caught my eye, but then I read it and I found that Moonves still gave no details. This is what he said. The way we are able to monetize shows today is so much different than it was even five years ago, where there are so many places that will take our programming as video on demand becomes a bigger player. International distribution is exploding, not only with just the established markets, but the number of new markets that are opening. We're finally in China in a meaningful way, getting paid a meaningful amount of money for our shows. So having good content, the world is getting bigger and bigger and better and better. 
Okay, I'm going to stop there and just say, yes, I agree with Les Moonves here that the world is getting bigger and bigger and better and better. But the question is, is CBS going to take advantage of that bigger and better market? Okay, he goes on and says, The international marketplace, without seeing a word on paper or anything at all, the numbers internationally are astronomical. And he's referring, I'm sure, to distributors in international markets not seeing a word on paper in terms of a Star Trek script for the new series or anything about the characters or the premise or anything like that. Okay, he goes on and says, So that covers about 60% of the cost of production right there before we even begin. So we said that for this relatively minor investment, this is how we're going to get all access to be where we want it to be, where there are millions and millions and millions of subscribers. And I'm going to stop again for a moment and just say that, first of all here, when he says minimal investment, minor investment, I guess he means the 40% that's not going to be covered by selling rights to the international market. And when he says that that's how we're going to get all access to where we want it to be, there's a disconnect here for me in what he's saying. Because he's talking about international market, but then he's talking about all access. And so far, I haven't seen any indication that they're going to make CBS All Access available to the international market. And I'll talk a little bit more about why I doubt that's going to happen later in the show here. But I don't quite understand where he's going with this thought process. And that's why it concerns me that he's not giving any details This sounds like an idea right now, not a plan. Anyway, he goes on to say, by putting that forward, we say to the world, you know what? CBS is really serious about this. They've taken this crown jewel of a property and put it in a place where they know there are so many millions of Star Trek fans that will pay for this. Well, yes. Of course, CBS thinks there are so many Star Trek fans millions of Star Trek fans in America who will pay for CBS All Access in order to see the show. But my question remains, how is it going to be distributed internationally? And without knowing who any of these international players are, it's hard to know. Like if they said that this network in the UK, this network in Germany, this network in Japan has told us that they're interested in distributing the show and they want to have the right to air it the same week that it airs in the U.S., or they want to be able to air it within seven days of the original air date in the U.S., then I would feel better and I could accept a little bit more of what he's saying here. TrekCore ended their article about this by saying, For those of you outside of the United States still concerned that you won't be able to easily watch the new series, Moonvez's comments here must surely put those fears at ease. With this kind of international distribution push he's expecting, we're sure it's going to be available to view all over the place without much difficulty at all. Well, no, we are still concerned. I am anyway. Moonvez gave no information about what form the international distribution will take. In all the quotes pulled out in the TrekCore article, There is not one single piece of detailed information about what this plan is. Nothing 
there's not even a monetary figure. It says 60%. There's no mention of any country. There's no mention of any market. There's no mention of any network. There's no mention of any pricing. There's no information here. So how can you say that these comments should make everyone feel at ease? It makes no sense. It really makes no sense. Let's take Japan, for example. The original series has traditionally been shown on NHK, the national broadcasting company here in Japan. We have NHKG, which is the general channel. We have NHKE, which is education. And then there are some pay channels as well. But uh, TOS has been shown on, I think it was NHKG in the past. Then TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise have been shown on Super Channel, which is a cable network. Hulu Japan once had some Star Trek series a few years ago, but they no longer do. Netflix, which just recently launched in Japan, they don't have any Star Trek series at all. So what exactly is CBS's plan for distribution in Japan? Will they put the series on Netflix or Hulu? Will they work out a deal with NHK where it's going to be on off-air television where everyone can see it? Is it going to be on one of the BS channels, which is like a satellite channel that you have to pay for? Is it going to be on Wow Wow, which is another pay channel that has traditionally licensed American television programs? I have no idea. Are they going to make all access available to those in Japan? That's what they should do, but will they? I seriously doubt it. There are complex distribution rights involved with each TV show on the service. Remember, All Access has a lot of CBS programming on it. And usually there are multiple studios or rights holders involved in the production and distribution of a TV show that would make it difficult to simply open up a service like this to the world. Because for each individual show, you've got to get everyone who's involved in the production to sign off. That's why if you look at a network like CBS... You'll see some of their programming on Hulu, but not other programming because it's not a blanket thing. You know, it's not like I make everything and I own all the rights to it and I just decide where it goes. It's more complicated than that. So it's kind of hard for me to believe that CBS All Access is going to be a service that you can subscribe to from anywhere in the world. Now, they could do a version of CBS All Access for different countries. They could have CBS All Access in the UK. They could have CBS All Access in Germany, in Japan, in China. But as is the case with Hulu and Netflix, the actual programming lineup is going to be really different from country to country. So maybe in this case, CBS could put Star Trek on every variation of CBS All Access because they're going to actually own it in its entirety, but it's still not going to be the same service that you would get in the U.S. So I really question Moonvez's claim that international distribution sales will cover 60% of the production costs of the new series. It sounds great to say that in an interview, but when you don't give any details to back it up, it sounds more like a hope rather than a fact. And for all of the fans outside the U.S., I think it's time that CBS outlines its plan for distribution if it's going to start talking about how strong the demand is. We want to know what's going on. And 
I, I personally think they don't have a plan right now. I don't think they know where they're going to put it internationally. And it's premature to be making statements like this. And it certainly doesn't do anything to make international fans feel any better because it just sounds like a hope, you know, like this is what we think we're going to do. And when Trekcore says, we're sure it's going to be available to view all over the place without much difficulty at all, I don't think they are really giving much thought to the reality here. Americans take for granted that they can get almost any content easily and inexpensively. This isn't the case internationally. The selection is often sparse, and getting new shows as they air, legally anyway, can be very difficult. And to have someone making that statement on the American side, it... I don't know. It, <laughs> I know I sound upset here, and I kind of am because I feel like as international fans, we've been screwed over. I've told the story before on the network about for like three years, I think it was, I could not even buy Star Trek ebooks anymore. I was able to buy them for years, and in 2008, suddenly someone realized that it wasn't specifically written in the original agreements with the authors that this content could be sold internationally, and they literally overnight yanked all of the Star Trek ebooks off of all of the ebook services that were available at the time. And an Amazon actually once sent me, I used my, my Amazon account because I had a Kindle that was tied to my US Amazon account. I used my Kindle to buy a Star Trek ebook And within 24 hours, I got an email from Amazon asking me to fax them a copy of my driver's license to prove that I had the right to give them $8 for an electronic copy of a novel that I could buy in print with no problem, but to get an electronic copy on my Kindle was suddenly a big deal. It's insane. As international fans, we've really gotten the short end of the stick for a long time. And I'm very concerned that that's going to happen again here. And it doesn't make me feel any better to hear Les Moonves go in an interview and just throw out a number like 60% of the cost is going to be covered by international distributors. And then have an author on TrekCore just take the bait, hook and sinker and say, oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be no problem. You guys don't worry about it. We'll see. We'll see. All right. I got on a bit of a soapbox there, I know, but this is something I feel very passionate about and not just in the realm of Star Trek, but in general. I do believe that somehow CBS is going to make the new series accessible to the international market, but history has taught me to be highly skeptical of how that might happen and not to expect too much. I've worked in media for two decades, so I understand the complexity of licensing and distribution. So I'm not just the angry fan up on a soapbox thinking that everything should be really easy. I know it's really complicated and it's really difficult, but I think, and this is the reason why I, this is one of my soapboxes is geo-blocking. I think it's high time that companies wake up to the reality of today's digital world and how people consume media. 
and the market that they are leaving untapped because they cling to antiquated ideas of geographic licensing. The way this stuff is done dates back deep into the 20th century, and the world is so completely different now. I mean, I just told you the story about books, right? It's ludicrous that there should have ever been a question of whether someone living in Japan should be able to buy an ebook of a novel that, that, that they could buy in print, right? It's crazy. So companies need to wake up. Lawyers need to wake up. This whole concept needs to be rethought because companies are literally leaving money on the table by clinging to these antiquated ideas. I know that they think they're going to get a lot more money by sticking to it, but the world's just different now. Like in the case of college football, as I mentioned, there is no money to be made by CBS Sports in licensing the broadcast of American college football to a Japanese television network. It's not going to happen. There's no audience for it here. So why not sell it to Americans living in Japan so they can view it online? The NFL does it. They have a fantastic service. It's really expensive, but it's a brilliant service. ESPN does it as well. Their service isn't as good as the NFL's, but it gives us the content that we need and we happily pay for it. CBS can do it too. They just have to decide that they're going to do it. So I hope they are. I hope they are with this series. Look at that. I'm still on the soapbox. I was trying to get down, but I'm still there. Okay, I'll get down now. You guys have heard me rant for uh, almost 20 minutes here. So I'm sorry about that. But, you know, some sometimes there are things that I feel passionate about. And I think that these days people buy into what they read too easily and don't really think about the details of what's really going on here. And this story to me was not a story. <laughs> Uh, There I am, back on the soapbox. Okay, I'm down now, I'm down now. So, uh, thanks for bearing with me there. I hope you found it interesting. Before I give you the usual end-of-show info, I'd like to remind you of one more thing. I'd like to remind you about the upcoming change to the frequency of HyperChannel, which begins next week. As I told you yesterday, I'm preparing to start a new job, and it's going to put a lot more demand on my time than my current job, which already puts a huge amount of demand on my time. And I really don't know how I managed to do this daily in the first place. It really won't be possible for me to do the show daily anymore. So I'll be dropping down to two times a week in order to work the show into my new work schedule, which includes an even longer commute than I have already, which will now push me beyond four and a half hours each day. I'm now heading closer to five hours per day that it takes me to commute to my office and get back home. So I hope you'll continue to tune in. And of course, we'll still have multiple shows here on the network, multiple new episodes for you each and every day of the week from the huge family of hosts that we have here. And I really thank you again for all of your support of Hyper Channel and the network. Now, if you'd like to share your thoughts on what I talked about today and talk about international distribution or just digital distribution or what you think networks and creators should do in terms of how they get their material, whether it's TV shows or music or books or whatever it is, out there to an international audience, 
I would love to hear your thoughts on it. The best place to do that is in the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field and it will come right up. It is a closed group, so if you're not yet a member, you'll need to click join and we'll let you right on in. If you're not on Facebook, you can also hit us up on Twitter, where our username is TrekFM, and my personal username is C. Brian Jones, letter C and Brian with a Y. You can also send a message through our contact form at trek.fm slash contact, or a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash trekfm. Also, be sure to check out our 50th anniversary rewatch, plus all the other great shows we have here on the network. You can sample everything we do in the Trek of Film Master Feed that contains every episode of every show, as well as some things that don't show up in the other feeds. And you can find that everywhere you get your podcasts, in iTunes, on Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, BlackBerry. You can go to the website and stream from the show pages, download the MP3 files, or find us in third-party apps by just searching for Trek.fm. And if you enjoy our shows, we could really use your help to keep it all going. We are a listener-supported network. We are all volunteers, as you can see by the fact that I'm having to drop the frequency of this show to fit it into my real-life work schedule. If you'd like to help us keep it all going, you can do that through Patreon at patreon.com slash trekfm. Go there, you can get all the details about the perks, how you can become an associate producer, get on mic, talk Star Trek with us on the round table, which actually goes in the master feed for everyone to listen to, and other ways you can become involved. You can also get access to our exclusive website, Patron Zone, and you'll find out all about it at patreon.com slash trekafilm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekafilm. And I really thank you very, very much for all of your support of the network, everyone who's supporting us now and everyone who's considering it. I really do appreciate it. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in today. Another week is gone. I hope you have great plans for the weekend and I'll be back next week with another story for you. Until then, go watch some Trek. Trek.